0: i've been able to achieve as i've grown up the less i've realized uh, or the less i've come to believe that there is such thing as impossibility and it's just waiting for the appropriate time or the appropriate structure or passion or mind to make it possible how do you do
1: venters that was the man who can orchestrate your dreams literally his name is steve sims of bluefish concierge stay tuned and you will know how and why anything is possible to him just a postscript, this episode is extremely raw because of the natural ambiance. Nevertheless, it's worth a listen.
0: Trent, the gent, they like agents on top of pavements, peppermint patty, fragrance. Take in the credits when they spits and spritz a chip and dip, a dip, and del I pin the tail. Death throw the penalty ID, throwing your identity, death crime in the night, pick, pop key, the lock, stop, drop, roll the dice, double double dough, eat the rock, road, ro shambo, tic-tac-toe, crossing a roll with the nice low with my indie too You see me room, room, play monopoly with my commodities, drop the eyes and cross the T's, T's,
1: How do you do, Venters? Welcome to this edition of Vent with Trent the Gent. Today, I'm sitting with my friend, Steve Sims, who is the founder of Bluefish, which is a company that is designed to bring all of your wildest dreams to fruition. So we'll put it that way. And so we wanna welcome you, Steve, to Vent with Trent the Gent. Thanks, pal. Good. So as always, I always like to go back to when you were a, a kid and i wanted to ask you when did you first understand the concept of thinking that anything is
0: possible uh i didn't Uh, i think more as a a little kid i just didn't understand why it wasn't possible i was always that kid that would ask why and you, you know as they always say if you think you can't you're right so people would say to me oh you can't do that but for me, I was like, well, why can't I? You know, that doesn't make sense to me. It didn't compute. Like most entrepreneurs, we don't fit into a certain into a certain hole or a certain shape. So as a kid, I was always like, well, why can't I do that? And of course, as I got older, I was uh, trying to get into places I you know, was told I shouldn't be in or I couldn't get in. And I'd managed to get in there. And I'd be like, well, I'm in now. You know, I don't understand. So it just grew and it grew. And the, the more I did, the bigger the things got the more I became uh, of the perception that absolutely anything is possible.
1: Before we went on air, we were talking and you gave me a few examples of just saying, you know, why does um, this does that? Why does this type of watch do this? Um, Why do I have to get this quality of diamond And, and so on? And so I've read that you're into asking why at least three times.
0: At least. And so,
1: <laughs> and so I always said that reminds me of children because they're infamous of always asking, well, why can't I do that? Well, why is it this way, mom and dad? And so explain to us, you know, the, the, the congruence of, you know, being a, a kid and asking why and why is it so important to, to ask why three times?
0: I'm fifty-one years old now, and I think I'm a fifty-one-year-old four-year-old. Um, I constantly ask why. I constantly think how kids—you know—when they want a lollipop, they just go, "Why? Why can't I? Why can't I have that? Why not? Why?" And, and they constantly get it until, in the end of the day, they get the bloody lollipop. So, I'm the kid that just goes around and says, "Hey, I'd like to get into there," and they go, "Oh, you can't do that. Why well, can't I?" Now, why can't that happen? I want you to give me a valid reason that makes sense why I can't do it. There's the old saying, it's only impossible until someone's done it. So the more things I've been able to achieve as I've grown up, the less I've realized uh, or the less I've come to believe that there is such thing as impossibility. And it's just waiting for the appropriate time or the appropriate structure or passion or mind to make it possible.
1: So does that, in order to think that way, I think you need some type of, a vision and with all of the experiences that you offer your clients where where do you get your vision from is that just innate that you have that vision did it come from your parents and is it really right the term WYSIWYG what you see is what you get is is that the mentality that that you have
0: uh, it is now uh, in the early stages, I had ignorance um, and I couldn't understand why stuff wasn't possible. And then if someone wants to do something, I couldn't understand. I couldn't fathom why you would settle for second best. If you want a Ferrari, save up for a Ferrari. You know, don't go and buy a bloody Ford, you know, Ford or a Kia or something like that, get a Ferrari. <laughs> I couldn't understand why so many people were willing to sell. I remember there were so many friends I fell out with, you know, as, as a kid because they would settle for something. And I think as entrepreneurs, the good entrepreneurs, we don't settle. Um, We wait until it's ready. So I'm a great believer that focus on what you want um, and go for that and don't settle for second best. Also, if you focus on what you want, it's very, very easy from that point of focus to step back and reverse engineer to where you are now to understand what the next steps are that you need to do to get to where you want to be.
1: So would you agree with the mantra with all that said and I was trying to live my life this way the mantra start before you're ready which sounds like you're saying just you know don't do something until you're ready to do it right save until you're ready to get that Ferrari or or do you believe in start before you're ready?
0: I believe in run before you're ready Um, I I hate powerpoints powerpoints are where great ideas go to die. Um, I meet so many people that they go. Oh, I'm going to release this company. I'm just going through an analysis, and I'm going through, uh, you know, a market research, a consumer index, and they go through. It. By the time they're ready release it. You know, the fans gone and they've missed our window and i believe a lot of stuff is down to timing so if i have an idea i go well, okay let me try it and i will ask 10 people do you like this idea i will find a url and i'll buy the url i go hey do you think this is a great url i ask questions i find temperature i find out if someone likes it find out if 10 people like it and then market it to 20 people before you know it you've got a product so i'm a great believer in try and fail and try and fail and try and fail. Because as far as I'm concerned, failure is a great way to learn what not to do. And it's those failures that actually get you far closer to actually succeeding in what it is you need to do.
1: Your experiences that you offer your, your clients I would say that they're probably surreal in in per se. So and you're a very down-to-earth gentlemen and so I I guess the question is do do you would you say that you keep it real (laughs) quote-unquote or do you try to keep it surreal especially when it comes to those experiences for your clients
0: I try to create the fantastical Um, I want people to wake up at two o'clock in the morning and go holy crap I can't believe I did that so as soon as i know it's achievable then i want to see if i can push it a little bit more i'm constantly the annoying kid that, that pushes it a little bit further i remember i had a client that wanted a, a fantastic uh, or a private dinner in florence um, at an exclusive restaurant what i managed to do was i closed closed down the academia um, and set up a table of six at the feet of michelangelo's david now once i got that all committed and confirmed then I thought well okay what can I do to make it better and I managed to get uh, Andrea Bocelli to come in and serenade him during the dinner so I'm constantly trying to see how far I could push it and do you know what happens as soon as you've achieved that that now becomes your benchmark for the next thing so the next thing you do well you go well okay I did that with the Pope I did that with Elon Musk the next time you ask someone to open up a door or give you access into something You can actually name those things that you just did. They go, well, holy crap, I want to be part of that lineup. It becomes easier. So, but you know, if you settled, if I'd have gone for just a restaurant, a really cool restaurant, Mm -hmm. I'd have never been able to get something else that I've got based off of that that museum being closed or working with someone like the fantastic Andre Bocelli. So everything you do is a stepping stone to get to the next great or greater thing.
1: So does that mean I, I was in band as a young kid, and our band director would always tell us that you're, you're only as good as your last performance. So yep. for your last experience that you created, are you are only as good as that? And then that pushes you to, well, I got to top this now.
0: Well, you haven't got to top it, but you've got to make it different. We never repeat anything. We've had clients who wanted to get married in the Vatican by the Pope. We've sent people down to the Titanic. We've had people who have wanted to close down those museums. I will never, ever, ever have a dinner party in the academia and the feet of David with Andre Bocelli again. Purely and simply because I don't want to repeat it. Um, I will find somewhere different to do it. So I'm constantly trying to do something that's different, fantastical, and is personalized. Only to you, so that you can have a memory and an experience that no one else has ever had.
1: That's actually awesome, because it's the wildest dreams, but it's just unique to that particular individual or person, so that's awesome. Yeah, but
0: also you've got to bear in mind, the client never contacted us asking us to close down the academia. He, cl- he asked us to have an exclusive dinner Florence. Yeah, It was us to put the sauce on that. So the next person that comes along, they can see the kind of things you do, they rely on that credibility, they rely on that imagination, they rely on your standards, and they can say to you, oh, we want to do something that's really cool in Paris, and they let you go wild with it. So once you've got that toolbox of credibility, the clients ask you less of the specifics and more of the theme, and then you get to do what you do best.
1: So you have that credibility in that toolbox with the clients, so what about your network of the... Of the venues and the the other people in the network that's going to help you bring these experiences to fruition. How Does does that last experience impress them enough to want to work with you? How, how do you Absolutely. build that network? Absolutely
0: uh, and that's very important. I'm a great believer that if you want to get on the roof you need a ladder. That's the exact same thing with business. If you work with a great venue and you, you make sure that it was a win-win so they, they got something out of it that was worthwhile to them, then you can use them as a reference to open up another ven- venue. And I've had venues call other venues and go, hey, we worked with Bluefish and Steve Sims, they were fantastic, you know, they're a good guy to work with. So when you go back to them, you go, oh, did you get a phone call? They go, yeah, we did. What are we gonna do? So I've had celebrities find up other celebrities, I've had business icons find up other business icons, I've had clients find up other clients. I'm a great believer in utilizing the, the, the ladder principle to get you to what you want the next time, and then you go back to the other person, the last venue, the last client, the last celebrity, and say, "Thank you so much. Hey, what can we do?" You never know. There's more business that comes out of it thinking. Well, actually, I was thinking, "Great, let's work on that." So always say thank you to those people that helped you get up, but constantly ladder up.
1: I um, failed in the introduction to mention um, that you were a new author of the book. Blue Fishing, so congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, obviously writing a book is it, it's a daunting <laughs> right effort to, to do that and I believe writing you, you write probably the way that you speak so that's gonna lead me into what, what this question would you prefer the gift of gab or the gift of good looks and why?
0: Well based on the fact that this is a podcast and they can't see me, they don't, they don't realise how stunningly good looking I am. So I think that one answers that. Um, I, 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 I would say maybe as the Irish Londoner in me, I have the gift of the gab. Um, I, think, uh, I think communication is probably the only app that you can't download on the iTunes store. And so the ability to communicate with someone... I think is the most powerful uh, gift in the planet, Uh, the greatest return on any investment. And do you know the beautiful thing is I would say that I was pretty good at communication, but daily I'm getting better at it only because the rest of the planet is getting so God awful. Mm. So the worse people get the ability to communicate in a transparent and authentic manner, the damn better I get to look. So um, I'm I'm happy with that. So world, keep keep communicating badly because you're doing me a great favor.
1: (laughs) And they're communicating badly because they're on their phones all the time just consuming well they're
0: they're using the wrong platforms you know every day we've got a new social thread or a new social platform every day I'm getting invited to a new you know business platform or a new business social uh, uh, location or something Twitter LinkedIn Facebook Messenger snapchat all of these different ways even email It's not communicating, it's throwing a message at someone and hoping they're going to reply. You know, Speaking to someone like me and you, face-to-face, having a coffee, Skype, Zoom, Uh, any of those methods is a way of communicating, but we communicate by tonality, by our voice, by our passion, by our enthusiasm, by our accent, by looking at each other, by looking at the eye, by looking at the body posture. You can't get any of that through Facebook Messenger, so you're not... Communicate unless you're doing it at a grassroots level. And the more people rely on the fact that, well, hang on, I tweeted you, why didn't you respond? It's made, making me look brilliant.
1: We, we do several segments on this show. And I'm looking at one. one one's a fill in the blank. And you've kind of already answered all the fill in the blank. So you, <laughs> you really kind of stole my thunder there, Steve. So we're, we're, we're going to Touch upon them, but we're probably going to do it quicker than normal. Okay. So fill in the blank. So the first one is don't stop, blank.
0: Oh, believing. Don't stop <laughs> believing.
1: That's the one most people will say believing. Will. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think we know why why you believe that. I think yeah, you are kind yeah. of touching that. And then this one also, you can blank.
0: You can can. You can
1: can. Now that's the first. You yeah. can can. I gotta have you expound on that one.
0: Well, I believe that uh, I'm a great believer in uh, someone's I can over their IQ. So the bottom line of it is if I say I can, I can. Um, So believe in you can.
1: Nice. You can, can. I like that one. And then you mentioned communications. And the third one was conversations are blank. Uh,
0: Conversations are operating on all senses.
1: Yeah, totally. And then for you... I had a bonus one because we normally do three, but i have giving you a bonus one, especially since you kind of touched upon all those already. So but we'll see if you. I just want to see what you're going to say here. Red, white, and blank. It's
0: got to be blue, isn't it? You know,
1: it's bluefish. You <laughs> got sake, you know. Damn, he fell right into it. Bluefish. Yeah. Blue so great, great answer. Um, let's let's do another segment that we always do and this one's called so it's, the show is called Bent with Trent the Gent um, this is Lent but we're not going to do that. I would say Lent for Trent for Trent what, what have you given up for Lent um, there's invent with Trent the Gent what's the best invention of all times but all right. you're going to get spent with Trent the Gent oh. so what's been the best dollars that you've ever spent or that you felt that one of your clients I've ever spent to get an experience what's been the, the best dollar spent
0: oh dear so <laughs> I was in a party once and someone asked a client of mine what does that guy do and pointed at me and the client turned around and said he sells smiles and I thought that was brilliant so I think the best the best thing I've ever spent money on has to be making my family smile. So, and nine times out of 10 is not the most expensive stuff. So I've done stuff that have been weekends for like million bucks, um, but uh, it's got to be anything that encourages a smile, uh, that deep, that deep squinty-eyed, oh my God, kind of exposure, that's got to be the best dollar. Cool. So it's a dollar per smile.
1: huh. And that goes for your clients too?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If, if yeah. you know... My clients are there and they come to me to be able to get what they didn't think that they could buy. And no one ever gets to take anything away with me. You know, they they come along, they experience, they feel, they touch, they smell, they experience that moment. And then quite simply, hours later, it's gone. They can't take it with them. But for years later, they're talking about it. At every cocktail party. So I'm there to make them smile.
1: That smile, those memories, those Absolutely. are the takeaways. And
0: memories have a phenomenal ROI. They get polished as they go on. And years later, I've had people go, do you know, I had this guy, I've been in parties where I've heard people tell a story about one of their friends, and it was me that did it. Now, I never jump <laughs> up and go, hey, it was me. But just the fact that this has still got legs, years later, I'm over the mood about it.
1: Not even a humble brag that that was you? No, uh, I'm not You uh, just let it, it go. Um, are you familiar with Randy Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg's sister? Yes, familiar I Familiar with her? Yeah. Do you know her?
0: Uh, we met her a couple oh, of years right, ago good. in Arizona.
1: So she um, is writing a book called Pick Three. don't okay. know if you're familiar with that book. And it focuses on prioritizing your day. And so I think there's five things, five or six things that she has you cho- choose from. And daily, you should pick three of these things so it's work sleep family friends and fitness and before we uh, went on air, we talked about fitness a little bit too so if you had to pick three of those that you're focusing on today what is this March 14th (laughs) today which would be the three that you're going to focus on today that you that maybe you woke up and say these are the things that I got to focus on so is it work sleep family friends or fitness pick three
0: Priority at the moment is for work and I always believe that um, Joe Polish said this statement to me years ago, you know, is the juice worth the squeeze. So I always focus on whatever I'm doing needs to have a point and a purpose. At the moment I'm working very hard because there's things I need for my family. So my focus is on my family, but I need to benefit them by making sure my work can give my family what it wants. In order for me to be able to do that, I need to focus on my fitness because if I'm stuck in a bed because I've got a cold or, you know, I can't talk to anyone or I'm just feeling lethargic, then I can't work at my best. Um, So I would say work to benefit my family Mm -hmm. and then fitness.
1: And what she was saying, I guess day to day, like tomorrow, you might say it's going to be friends, I'm going to focus on my friends, and then yeah. I'll catch up on my sleep
0: if you, exactly. if you
1: do that. It so change, it yes. can change from day to day. Let's do another segment that we normally do on am with Trent the Gent. Are you right-handed or left-handed?
0: Uh, right-handed.
1: You have to think about that. I Are did. you abodextrous?
0: Uh, no, just confused. <laughs> just confused.
1: That leads, and most of my guests have been right-handed for whatever reason. I'm trying to figure this out. Maybe I just, I'm attracted to right-handers. <laughs> I'm right-handed myself. Are you right-brained or left-brained? Don't know.
0: I would D- say I was definitely more uh, uh, imaginative than I am uh, analytical.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, like I said, all these creative experiences yeah, that I you like are. To,
0: I like to dream and do mm-hmm. rather than uh, worry about it and panic.
1: Yeah. Self, but you wouldn't say you're somewhere in between
0: um, I am a Socially I've been shown On all these uh, Colby tests and stuff As a driver So I'm definitely a means to an end kind of person But my means to an end is to accomplish That dream um, So that's my focus
1: Then on my um, Last podcast Someone told me that I should add this question To this so you got the white brain left brain Right handed left handed
0: you have siblings? I do, three. Yeah. Were you the firstborn? Uh, oh, sorry, I thought you meant my family. No, I, I got <laughs> confused then. Uh, no, I'm an only child. Your
1: only child. Okay. Because um, that gentleman was telling me that, if you, in his experiences at least, that firstborn has been the one that's usually is more successful, pushes themselves a little bit more. So I was just wondering. I just want to fill that out. But you're the only one, so... I guess that There's makes you sure the, sure the first born. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about, because you, you answered the, the Randy Zuckerberg question as you know your work is your focus for your family. And then obviously you gotta be fit to, to make all those things happen. So I'm gonna, this is meant to be kind of a deep question. So we'll, we'll see. Why are you here?
0: To make people smile.
1: Okay, so you, it's very important to you that you...
0: It, it is. I, I'm a great believer in wealth, and I think wealth has nothing to do with money. I think... Um, I know a lot of rich, poor people. Um, wealth is being able to rely on those people that you can call, to be able to rely on those people that you sleep with at night, to know that uh, your family are protected and you're a stand-up person, to know that you're true to your word and you've got integrity and honor... Um, That's wealth. So I believe all of that comes in combination of having a smile. So I think for me, I want to be wealthy. I want to hopefully breed uh, wealthy habits for people um, and definitely wealthy kids so they grow up as honorable, trustworthy, uh, high integrity people.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm going to read you a quote from Henry David Thoreau, and then I want to get your interpretation of it. Alright, so he said, The cost of a thing is the amount of what I call life, which is required to be exchanged for it immediately or in the long run.
0: Damn, what am I supposed to say to that? <laughs> I can I can see where it is, and, and it is very much along the uh, is the juice worth the squeeze kind of context. Um, I think a lot of people put too much, you, you've really got to look at how much something costs both in terms of time energy, your soul, your integrity as to whether or not the value is in there and if it costs too much and the value is little uh, in the to it then don't bloody do it, don't buy it don't get involved in it so I'm a great believer in uh, value versus cost
1: yeah, totally do you so, so, I'm thinking about your experiences. And obviously, they're probably not inexpensive.
0: <laughs> right? Most of them, correct.
1: Most of them are not. So, and so, I heard this quote, and it says... And I'm trying to figure this one out. So, it says, hire the best and cry once.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. H- uh, hire slow and fire fast. Okay. Yeah, you've got to make sure that... Um, you you, you really do get what's of the highest possible value for you, and then you try to exceed that. So um, there's a lot of people I hear this. I don't know if I can afford that. Okay, I'm a great believer in can you afford not to? So yeah, I'm a great believer in uh, um, go for the absolute best, get the best, and as you say, quite once. Right.
1: So how do you get that person to change that mindset when they don't think they can afford it? And I get it. Well but you can't afford not to do that. So how do you get them to change that paradigm, that mentality, especially if they feel that it it is money that's that they're gonna have to spend to get this? How how do they now how do you now convince them make this happen?
0: So I've never convinced anybody. Um, that's why they ask three times you see if you if it's a value to you then you'll up sell your firstborn to make it happen so the, the, the conversation needs to be coming down and if you have if you're ever having a conversation with someone on the on the price they don't see the value anything that you can look at in your in your house in your living room in your garage if you can look at it and tell me how much it cost you then you can't remember, then you can't see the value in it. Because people only remember that price tag when there's no value in it. Um, so I always have value conversations. And you can speak to somebody, and say, look, you know, we're gonna be looking at probably around about $100,000, is the value there for you? And ask them that, get that perception going, get that conversation going, and they go, well, not really. All right, so we need to do something where it, where it shows value to you because I don't want to play with cost I'm not having a cost conversation I'm not having a price tag conversation I'm having a value conversation
1: so is it like so as, as you know I have one kid in college one about to go to college and I was looking at the price tag yep. per se because yep. it's kind of scary actually uh, yes and I have a client that he put five of his kids through college and his biggest advice to me was, Trent, don't look at the price tag. If you do that, you'll freak out. Just get up every morning and do what you need to do and you're going to figure it out. Is that what kind of what, what to were you a, talking to about? There's
0: point. You know, there's no point in spending, you know, $300,000 a year in college if that whole the whole goal is to um, do something that's not going to require that so you know you've got to make sure again is the juice worth a squeeze you know are what they doing worthwhile to give them what they need to be able to do what they're going to do to the best of their ability so there are some situations where college is just not worth it um, more and more today we're seeing entrepreneurs successful that left college because what they were being taught was of no value to them at that moment mm-hmm. so I'm a great believer that you've really got to weigh up the value of what they're doing, Um, and if the value is there to spend three hundred grand a year on college, then that's what you've got to suck it up and do. If the value isn't there, don't waste your time and money and focusing on different areas.
1: Yeah, you are um, a dog lover, right? You into your dogs. I have four dogs. Yeah, four dogs. What we talk about children. And what we can learn from from children what do you think that people and, and the listeners they can learn from canines and and dogs Is there anything to take it learn or, or what have you learned from your dogs let's put it so let's take it both ways uh,
0: that they have a bloody good life um, <laughs> I just uh, I don't know what I've learned but I just like I think I may prefer dogs sometimes over people um, You know, my dog doesn't seem to care how much I'm worth or, or, you know, what money I'm making or who I'm hanging out with or how many times I'm in the press. Um, My dogs don't care, but at the same time, nor my kids. So I think you've just got to get people that... You've got to surround yourself with people that that respect you for you. Um, And that's what my kids do. So that's why I think I love my dogs.
1: We're going to end here soon. Do you consider yourself an artist?
0: You know, I've never been asked that question. I find myself a little bit embarrassed by the answer, but I would say to a degree I think I do. Only because artists are more inclined to dream and vision and therefore under that um, description of an artist being um, open to dream then yes, I would say I was an Mm -hmm. artist.
1: Could that be anyone? Because I I was told, whatever you do, even if you're a plumber, right, be an artist. Think like an an artist. I think
0: that there is a great uh, art in anything. And someone that excels at what they do has been able to take the science and the ability to an artistic level that yes anyone can be an artist in any industry Great.
1: let's give the listeners the opportunity to reach out to you so what's the best way to, to do that is it social media is it by email what, um, what platform well, you
0: can you can head over to any of the steve d sims uh platforms and that's one m steve d sims com um, they can subscribe there to my newsletters and my rants um, they can find me on Facebook under Steve D Sims they can find me on Instagram uh, Twitter is Steve D Sims 1 uh, for some daft reason um, but yeah they can find me on all those different platforms under that uh, that uh, handle
1: so before we end t- to me when I look at what you've done with your company and I mean, you have a, it's called a concierge company, but it's, it's, to me, it's way more than that because you are offering people life-changing experiences. Um, so I would say that you have invented, going back to the vent thing, you have invented a, a new game. So I'm gonna have you leave on, on, on this note. Is competition for losers
0: No, no, um, no! I think competition.
1: Because Peter Thiel of PayPal actually said that. <laughs> yeah, no, com... no.
0: There's. I think the my biggest competitor is me, and I'm a great believer in in trying to uh, beat me. So anything I did last, I... so I'm. I'm a... You know, if I'm on a racetrack and someone comes into the corner a bit hot and heavy, I will let them go you know but uh, in business and in life i want to be a better person tomorrow than i am today so i think trying to understand that competitive edge um and pushing yourself i think that's one of those fuels that, that keeps you going so no i would definitely not say the competition for losers i th- i say everyone should try and compete um but recognize who you're competing with
1: mm-hmm. Do you feel within your industry, you have disrupted the industry? Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: Okay. Um, and I, I try to disrupt everything I do by not recognizing what the um, what the regularity was in it. So anything I do, I look at and I go, well, okay, um, how can I do that different? And if everyone's turning right, I'm turning left.
1: Mm-hmm. Great. Well, you know, Steve, from the moment... I met you. Met you. Obviously, always wanted to to, to meet you and to sit down <laughs> with you. And I'm glad to be able to call you a friend. You um, even before we went on air, you've helped me tremendously uh, with some insights. So I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for letting me share you with um the we call them the venters out there so to share you you and your experiences and your mindset with them because i think um, everyone could learn a lot from you before we um leave where could they find blue fishing too really quick. so
0: blue fishing uh, the arts of making things happen it's on amazon they can go to stevedsims.com and they can find all the links but it's in barnes and noble audible you know any way you can think any of the normal suspects so it's called Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen.
1: Steve, once again, thank you for making this podcast happen today. <laughs> and um, hopefully we'll we'll do it again some, somewhere down the line.
0: Appreciate it, pal. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Well, Venters, you made it to the end, which is an achievement. Steve doesn't like to repeat his unique experiences, but I would like for you to repeat yours by continuing to listen to Vent with Trent the Gent. And lastly, Don't keep this podcast a secret. Please share it with your family and friends.